Welcome to the Ben Don't Break podcast. We are powered by the Source Weekly, Ben's locally owned newspaper. This podcast is our eddy in the rushing waters of local journalism. We are glad that you're taking some of your time to listen to us chat with the people who shape our local community. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Remax Key Properties, a family-owned, full-service real estate brokerage specializing in residential, luxury, commercial, new construction, and ranch and land properties. Their new state-of-the-art facility at 42 Greenwood Avenue is a modern, collaborative space and the new home of the Ben Don't Break podcast recording studio. I am Aaron Schweitzer, publisher of The Source Weekly and your host for today's podcast, with me today is Nate Wythe, VP of Marketing and Communications at Visit Ben. Nate brings 20 plus years of marketing and brand expertise, a heart for community, and probably a little bit of golden retriever fur to everything he does. A champion of DEIB and sustainability efforts, Nate believes travel should benefit everyone, whether leading Visit Ben with innovative strategies or co founding a destination management think tank. His focus is clear community well being, environmental stewardship. This playful explorer also wields cutting-edge tools like AI and robust content to drive campaigns shaping the future of tourism. Nate thrives where wanderlust meets purpose and collaboration paves the way for a brighter future. Nate, thanks for being here today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. 20 plus years with Visit Bend. I mean, I served on the board, I think, at the time that you came on to uh, Visit Bend. It's been a real enormous amount of growth within that organization itself. What, and I know, you know, for people who aren't paying attention like we are to the work that you guys are doing, you're raking in all kinds of awards for the way that you've transformed that organization from simply, a, a, what do they call it, destination marketing organization to now the destination management concept. Maybe just talk a little bit about why why move from marketing to management? Yeah, you know, I think the success is in somewhere in the sweet spot in between those two things. And ultimately, uh, to be able to properly have destination management at the forefront of everything that we do, marketing is a piece of all of that right. as well. So we've been able to, uh, as, as the community has grown, we've been able to thoughtfully approach our marketing efforts in a way that is meaningful to the community too. And we understand that uh, when we're bringing visitors here, that ultimately those visitors want to have a positive experience. And if we can continue to invest in our community in a way that uh, allows for folks to be able to have a really great experience when they're here, that's going to be a really great experience for the locals as well. You've got, um, I mean, I know one of the hallmarks of Visit Bend is that you have these different funds that have been created to do different things. You've got the sustainability fund, you've got the Ben cultural tourism fund. Those are, um, pretty, I mean, there's a lot of communities that are pretty enviable that you guys have been able to evolve that way of using these kind of funds. How did that come about? Yeah, it's uh, it's a really great question. You know, our, our approach to sustainability and really our definition revolves around equal parts of impact across economics, uh, environment, and social. So for us, it's important that when we're executing any programs or having new ideas, that it impacts all of those areas uh, in some some equalish way, right? And so. <laughs> What we realized uh, when when we first had the idea to launch the Bend Cultural Tourism Fund back 2013-14 uh, was that we wanted to find a way to meaningfully support the cultural 
aspects of our community. Those organizations, those types of events that not only brought a lot of visitors here, but were a sense of pride for locals as well. And being able to carve out a specific amount of transient room tax that goes directly to these events and these organizations was really important for us because it's part of the Bend community and it ultimately helps us to be able to attract more visitors here at the same time. So it achieves multiple things uh, by putting money back into the community. I remember at the time when the Cultural Tourism Fund was created, there was a lot of, I mean, we you had to do a big, you had to get it passed, voters had to approve it. There was There was opposition, you know, you had to convince the community at the time that, hey, trust us in the future. If one of these funds exists, we'll be able to support and do more fun stuff that, you know, people want to come over here and see. And and that's been the case. But at the time, there was a lot of pushback from the lodging industry and a community didn't understand that. Um, maybe, maybe how does that play out now? Like, uh, I'm not in your industry. And I, I remember when all that rolled out, but has have, the lodging industry been won over or do you still hear it from the state at large, like, well, I'm curious, at the state at large lodging industry, do they tell other communities, I know they did it, but for God's sake, not here? Or is it rolled around? Yeah, no, I think um, I think one of the cool things that I take a lot of pride in is that the, the grant programs like the Bend Cultural Tourism Fund are uh, places where we've been able to set an example and inspire other communities, uh, regionally, statewide, even around the, around the world. Uh, folks are taking notice of what Visit Bend is doing. Yeah. And they're seeing now we're, um, gosh, eight, nine years into the Bend mm-hmm. Cultural Tourism Fund. And folks are really seeing the benefit of that over the long term. The, the amount of money that we've been able to invest, uh, just close to $2.1 million in those eight years. We've supported over 100 organizations throughout that. And when folks in the community, even our lodging stakeholders, see the value and what those investments have meant to bring people to their properties uh, and to enhance the quality of life for locals, it's it's easy to say, yeah, that was a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, I remember also, um, I mean, you may not remember this one particular viral incident that happened several years ago. This was pre-pandemic, but someone and they blamed it on a tourist. It could have been a local, but there was a bunch of garbage left on the river after one of the float trips. And God, it just went viral in the community with this chatter about like people are coming here and they're ruining bend. And, and that felt like the start of um, you guys's role and stepping in and going, Hey, we can help, you know, do it, be instructional and in how to behave when you get here. And you started, I know you started some campaigns in conjunction, even if, it was in works, but do you remember that campaign? Oh yeah. Yeah. I I remember that very well. I think (laughs) those, those are those moments that I think maybe a little bit of PTSD associated with it, but it's a good thing because when, when you're faced with those tough moments in our, in our, uh, in our town and in our community of friends and folks, uh, we all get that frustration. Right. And and while the data may not back up the point that it was visitors, uh, we also understand that we have a role in being stewards and caretakers of this community as a, as an organization who promotes this community. And and because of that, it made us really just kind of double down on a lot of programs that were already in the works in order to just be a little bit more playful and, and educational around how we message responsibility to visitors and how we talk about what this place means to us. Because Ultimately, we understand that when visitors have this deeper sense of meaning of this place that they come and visit, they're going to take better care of it as well. Right. right. Someone's got to tell them to clean up. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's usually not the restaurant tours, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, I remember that and, and that was a catalyst. I think at that time, I remember Kevney doing a presentation, Kevney Dugan, your, um, executive director doing a presentation at the, I think it was city club where it was tourism do or tourism don't. And I, I remember sitting in the audience like, well, do we have a choice? I mean, people were acting in the audience and asking questions like we were going to decide that perhaps we were going to close the door. Like, let's have a discussion about it. I was like, that's not even an option, right? Yeah, no, I mean, the yeah, the, you know, not, not only is it not an option for all of the obvious reasons, people are never going to stop traveling. We all have like right. an inherent right to do right. so. Right. But, but also, um, the, the value that our organization provides to the community, I think, is often something that we don't get an opportunity to speak to. And, and the way that we can play a vital role in how our community manages tourism mm -hmm. and invests in, in ways that can support our community and help it grow. We know people aren't going to stop coming here just like people aren't going to stop moving here. Right. And if we can use that knowledge to then say, well, what can we do to make sure that when folks come here or when new folks move here, that we're speaking to them in a way where they understand what this community means, what we stand for and how to really fit into our way of life in a way that makes them feel welcome and supported and, and allowed to be themselves. I mean, I've, you, you guys have been the, um, you guys have been that organization that people point to and they say, if, if we can just stop them, then I think we can stop everyone from moving here. And I mean, I know how misguided that is, but, and, and it certainly, I think as the town's gotten bigger, that understanding has grown. Like, you know, we're on the verge of becoming a major metropolitan area. Like it's not our tourism bureau that's doing it, but at the time it's been pretty hot sometimes where it's, you know, like make them stop make them prevent this inevitable growth that we're doing. Do you still, how do you feel? You've been there 20 years is that a sentiment that's never going to go away? Is it something that you see flare up? Is it, is it lessening? What is your feeling about that? Yeah, it's, it's something where <clears throat> we definitely still feel, we definitely still pay attention to it. Uh, we uh, recently, a few years ago, had the opportunity to help fund Oregon State University's Sustainable Tourism Lab, and they're doing a lot of research around resident community sentiment work. And when we did the initial first round of data, we found out that it was it was pretty evenly split of folks who who viewed the cost of tourism outweighing the benefits, mm -hmm. and and then the folks who viewed the benefits outweighing the cost. Right. Um, most folks kind of being in that middle gray area where they didn't feel strongly one way or the other. But the most recent round of data that we're getting ready to publish shows a, a two and a half percentage point move in the right direction. Oh, good. So. Um, we're, we're making progress and, and we realize that that progress is coming from just us willing to have those difficult conversations with people, meet them where they are, understand that their concerns are valid um, and, and just uh, ask them to accept <laughs> to have a conversation with us. Right. And, right. And a willingness to be challenged on what their preconceived notions and thoughts might be. And ultimately it, it allows us to be able to educate them on the things that we feel like we're doing that are really helping this community move forward. Again, we know we're not going to stop growing. Right. Uh, what role can we play as an organization who's hired by the city to do this work, to create economic development, but know that our, our work can have so much more impact beyond that economic development realm. What, um, I don't want to put you on the spot for numbers. Actually, I do want to put you on the spot, <laughs> but, but I understand if you don't have this at your fingertips, um, 
What percentage of the Bend economy is tourism based? It's it's small and it's getting smaller. So uh, from a jobs standpoint, um, it's in the city of Bend. Uh, last year, it was about three thousand jobs. So if okay. you think about the number of jobs overall, it's not a lot. Uh, and that's actually you know we exist to support the industry by and far, but. We also understand that we need to be proactive in helping to diversify Ben's economy. And right. so for us, when we see numbers around our GDP diversifying and new uh, new industries coming to town and the city of Ben and folks at EDCO, Economic Development for Central Oregon, doing work to attract new industries, that's great because that means that our community becomes less reliant on tourism. It means mm-hmm. more people can move here and find jobs in their industries that they work in. It means our, our community can grow in a more thoughtful and meaningful way. Tourism is always going to be an important part of that economy. It generates about last year, uh, generated about $10 million into the city's general yeah. fund. That's an unrestricted source of revenue. So it's an important source, but it's also something that's becoming less relevant in the grand scheme of things. And, and we're okay with that. Yeah. I remember seeing a number that was, it's like in the teens as percentage of overall GDP. And, um, I know as soon as I see the cycle pub go by the source offices, I'm like, oh no, it's got to be like 50% of our economy because <laughs> it's loud and it's in your face and you know, like tourist season is here and you're the, the you know, then there's three or four of them. It, it's tourism has an outsized appearance to mm-hmm. the industry because as soon as summer comes, as soon as I'm in the parkway in the summer and it starts, I'm, it's taken me an extra two minutes to get to work. I'm like, oh, I'm in tourist hell. It's here. <laughs> You yeah. Know? Yeah. And it is, you know, <laughs> optics, I think are are so easy to be like, oh, this is this is the problem. And with the amount of folks, you know, several thousand people moving here just within the past yeah. year, who knows how many of those people still have their California plate on their car because right. they haven't made it into the DMV. But uh, a lot of that research that we're doing is is trying to quantify that exact impact yeah. at, at any time of the year at certain roads. Like, what's the makeup of visitors and locals, and and that real that data helps to drive our decision in the future, so that we can create programs or advertising strategies that are addressing those concerns. I think the summer is is fascinating. Um, I I used to live uh, just across the river on the other side of town here, and uh, would ride my bike or commute. Uh, by foot into the office every day. One of the things that I noticed on days that were kids were out of school, traffic was way worse than when kids were in school, right? right. Because all of a sudden you've got families out on the road, you've got way more people. And yeah. in a growing community of 100, 110,000 folks, the average home owns two and a half cars. Yeah. And you yeah, think yeah. when kids are out of school, oh, all of a sudden it's like, hmm. Yeah. Um, versus like our visitor volume over the past several years hasn't really increased. Yeah. Uh, pandemic you know, happened and, and coming out of that, I think because Visit Ben didn't advertise during the pandemic at all, yeah. uh, we took a little hiatus and that meant that Ben was no longer top of mind to a lot of visitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're kind of in this rebuilding phase of awareness where we want folks to know that Bend is still a place where they can come and have a great vacation with their family. Yeah. I remember during, I mean, being in the event, the event business, um, we certainly felt after the pandemic a real change in attitude around what what events meant, what the definition was, what the impact was, why why we do them and why they're meaningful. And um, I felt the same way about tourism was, you know, as soon as you have a community like, you know, unfortunately in Maui where, you know, they're they're not they don't have those tourism dollars. And, you know, the conversations are interesting. They're right. They're split They're mm-hmm. 
they're like, don't come, you know, we've, we've had this disaster. And then you hear the businesses say, wait, what are we saying? No, we, we need people to come. Mm -hmm. And that was certainly how I felt after the pandemic was, you know, there was a whole lot of chatter in 2018, 2019, as those numbers were growing and, um, and there was pushback against events and tourism and, and then, uh, post pandemic, it's been a different story. I feel like people are like, man, we know what it's like when it gets quiet here. And, uh, we certainly don't want to return to those days. So, mm -hmm. um, have you seen a shift since the pandemic in the way that you guys, how, are, how is it different for you marketing or in the way people are perceiving the organization? Yeah, we've, um, we've, uh, the pandemic allowed us to kind of hit the reset button as well and think about you know, how our marketing efforts were performing prior to the pandemic and how consumer behavior is also changing. And one of the one of the big shifts that we made coming out of the pandemic was we actually significantly decreased the radius of where we advertise right. to. So we're primarily just focused on Portland and Seattle right now. We pulled out of the Northern California Bay Area markets. We weren't seeing much growth in that market. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going, thank God. <laughs> yeah, like, they're, probably. They're not advertising <laughs> in California. They're, you're making more and more fans. Yeah, <laughs> although I saw a lot of hate towards some Washingtonians on Reddit this weekend, but uh, it, yeah. so it goes. I think they're on their winter break right now. So <laughs> right. there are probably a few more Washington plates driving around town. But yeah, you know, there was, and it wasn't just the marketing strategy that we were looking at, but we were looking at things around our carbon impact mm, and our community yeah. impact, our grant programs, reevaluating all of those and really taking a good look. We know at Visit Ben that we look at visitors as our partners in making our community better, right? Mm -hmm. They're, they're pouring hundreds of millions of dollars into economic activity in our community. Most of them are leaving Ben better than they found it. And they are really embodying the values that we stand for as yeah. a community while they're here. Um, so how can we, really take that economic activity that they're generating and turn that into a regenerative cycle where we're investing in our grant programs, we're investing in culture, we're investing in uh, our environment and those types of efforts where ultimately it's going to make Bend a more desirable place for anyone, right? Not just visitors, not just locals, but for anyone. And then that cycle just continues, right? And we're able to do that in a meaningful way and grow in a smart way that takes care of the place that takes care of us. Yeah. I, I, I'm fascinated by your ability to pivot to away from marketing where it becomes this organization. I'm wondering, do you get the support of, I mean, I know everybody's very, very proud of the work, but ultimately you go before the city council and you have to explain your actions to them. And do you, uh, it's a pretty forgiving council I imagine now, but it hasn't always been. Um, how does that dynamic work? Yeah, I mean, it's tricky. City council changes every two years, right? right. So yeah. uh, we we try not to pander to the requests of, of, of city council. We we listen to our community and, mm -hmm. and those concerns. And we also listen to our industry partners, the hoteliers, the restaurateurs, mm -hmm. all of those folks who really depend on visitor dollars to make sure that their company can stay afloat throughout the year. And so for us, it is, you know, our, 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 our driving force, uh, according to the city, is to maximize those returns to the general fund through room tax collections. But we realize that there are several different ways to get there. And that's how we've really changed our approach and just being how thoughtful we are. Um, you know, we're still marketing. We're still a marketing organization, but right. the marketing looks a lot different. Uh, it's targeted to different folks. It's more inclusive. It's more welcoming. And, and that's really important for us because those are kind of the underlying philosophies that really guide our organization. 
again, for those listeners who might not be as familiar with the tourism landscape here, there's you guys at Visit Ben. There's uh, Visit Central Oregon, no longer Cova. Uh, so the, the, the similarities even, even closer there. But the two executive directors there, Julia and, and Kevney, have, you know, what used to be quite, a, I, I think it's fair to say there was a little competitiveness there, possibly even one would say a little animosity. And that's not the case anymore. And Central Oregon has kind of a unique environment where they have two robust organizations doing this work. How would you characterize how that's evolved? Yeah, I think it's it's better than ever, sort of as you alluded to, right? What um, we that that structure at the statewide level, you have Travel Oregon, and then there are seven different regions within the state. Each region has a regional destination organization. Visit Central Oregon serves that role. So. Uh, while we are responsible for generating that room tax revenue for the city of Bend, they're responsible for generating that revenue in the unincorporated areas of Deschutes, uh, Crook, Jefferson, and bit of South Wasco County. Uh, trying not to bore the listener too much, so sorry, listener. But <laughs> uh, what's important to know about that is that you know we can have impacts that more greatly affect the city of Bend, and and there if we want to make sure that the programs that we're trying to implement and the grants and ultimately this, this community impact, we realize that we can't just do it on this myopic level of the city limits of Bend. Right. It has to be more region wide. Um, I, I work in Bend. Uh, I live in Lapine. And so I have to commute in every day. Right. And, and it's, it's that mindset that makes you realize that you can't just be so hyper-focused on a, on a specific location, but really our impacts far far exceed the city limits sure. of Ben. And so when we sit down to retweak our advertising uh, or our marketing efforts to look at our grant programs, to discuss how we're allocating those grant dollars, it's all in a very collaborative method with the folks at Visit Central Oregon. And that's important so that we can have that greater regional impact. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I, I mean, nobody's coming to Central Oregon and remaining in Ben. I mean, I suppose there are a few, but that's not a great vacation yeah, right there. No, <laughs> like, definitely not. <laughs> so so much more out. to see. Yeah. Um, maybe get a little wonky with us on, you know, you're the marketing person. Um, how has your, I know you're, you, you've shortened your, your radius on, on how you're marketing, but what particularly are you guys doing with regard to how, where you're placing your advertising dollars? I know, you know, it's a digital, I mean, you can throw millions and millions and millions into that well and still not hit the bottom. So how do you navigate where you're going to put your dollars these days? Yeah, everything's very uh, not only data inspired from uh, the origination standpoint, but also how we're targeting. Uh, we're creating the individual advertising and marketing assets in a way that's speaking to the folks who are being targeted. We're, we're looking at different demographics and thinking about how families have a longer planning window for a mm -hmm. vacation. So they're seeing, um, they've been seeing spring break stuff, for example, for a while now, right? Folks in Portland and Seattle right. families have, but those active adventurers might be like on a Thursday, Hey, let's go to Ben. The snow right. looks good. Right. So they're getting a different type of message at a different time, a uh, different time. All of it is very focused on these under underlying thematics of sort of obscured aspiration and childlike wonder. And that's how we're really um, encompassing the brand of Ben within everything that we do. Yeah. So our, our creative looks nothing like what you would see out of the Jacksons or the Bozeman's or the mm -hmm. Sedona's and that kind of thing, because we, 
we understand Bend is different. Bend is unique. And we want to get those qualities across through our advertising as well. So it's, it's very data-driven, data-inspired, and we're tracking those metrics along the way. We're using a lot of AI tools to retarget, to create custom analytics, um, custom audiences, yeah. uh, lookalike audiences, all of those things. So we're being more thoughtful and intentional, not only about who we're speaking to, when we're speaking to them, where we're talking to them at, but also how we speak to them. Yeah. It's amazing how it's evolved so much. I mean, uh, you know, whereas before you're responding, you've got an agency, they're calling some reps, they're placing a few buys with the reps. It's, it's much more in your reports, your analytics, the stuff that you're getting fed. Maybe speak just a little bit to, to AI. I mean, that's come in. I mean, we've, we've been talking to some of the leaders up at COCC in their business department, but how specifically do you use that? Yeah, this is a great question because I'm actually presenting on this at a conference next month well, <laughs> on the use of uh, generative AI and, and destination management. Uh, we we use a lot of generative AI tools for uh, concept development, uh, help with search engine optimization, um, social media efforts, that type of stuff. We're also using it to uh, collect and aggregate data and help us visualize a lot of that data. Yeah. So it's kind of across the board. Uh, from there, uh, things like a, a specific example is that we just recently became a, a partner, Oregon's first destination partner with Leave No Trace as an organization. Mm -hmm. And we've been working with them and our local land managers to uh, develop Central Oregon specific Leave No Trace principles. And out of that, we're developing a lot of visual content, photos and videos. And we used AI to actually generate some storyboards to help us cast, mm -hmm. find locations and stuff like that and put a more visual asset to the pre-production side of things so that we can go in and show up and create exactly what we had in mind and have a better impact. So that's just one case example, but we're using it across the board in ways where it's helping us be better at our jobs, not replacing our jobs. Because yeah. I think that's a fear of a lot of folks. Yeah, I had an interesting, I serve on the um, tourism board for Redmond now, and uh, I was sitting next to Jeff Hines from the fairgrounds and, uh, we were doing, uh, the person who was leading this workshop was having us throw words out like that. The, the group thought, who are the, who are the people we're trying to attract to Redmond? And then Jeff just fed all of those into his AI person and it pulled up an image of, you know, a couple of young people, they were dressed in like, you know, cowboy cool, as I'll call it, you know, like, um, your cool clothing, your yeah. Carhartt look, um, very attractive and it had plopped them right on downtown bend, you know, and they were just standing. It was like, it, it was amazing. It, it oh, blew yeah. my mind how close it had captured exactly what everybody in that room was trying to visualize. Yep. Yeah. It's funny. I'll play around from time and time. And I think I just saw something on TikTok or Instagram the other day that was this gentleman who said, you know, show me a picture of the, of, of a person from Portland. And it was exactly what you would expect a, a big burly guy who's got a lot of facial hair and a red, red and black, you know, Buffalo right. checkered flannel shirt. Right, and he's right. drinking his cappuccino. And I was just like, man, this AI is getting good. It's getting good for <laughs> yeah. sure. Well, Nate, we're at the end of our time here. Is there anything that, that didn't come up in our chat that you want to say to listeners or readers? No, I think just, um, you know, it's important for us that we, that I think and it's healthy for our community. If we really just try to stop, perpetuating this us versus them yeah, mentality and sure. everything that we do, whether it's locals versus visitors or newcomers versus people who have lived here for 20 yeah. years. The reality is we're all here because we love this place and we all care about this place and we're continuing to try to make it better. 
Everybody except the psych people who ride cycle pubs. I'm I'm good with. It. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I I love the cycle pubs. So, all right, Nate. Yeah. Thank you, you very bet. much yeah, for coming for in me. today. Appreciate it. This has been the Ben Don't Break podcast. You've been listening to the Ben Don't Break podcast, powered by the Source Weekly. To read, hear, and see more of what we do, go to bensource.com.